is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. I am joined again with Eric for another wild edition of Spoiling Star Wars with Eric, where we're talking about The Mandalorian, Chapter 12. The siege. Eric, do you feel besieged this morning? You know, um, I'm not sure what that even means, Todd. That's the thing. It's it's a little early for that. You know, you and your dictionary uh, yeah. you have a lovely time. I'm not necessarily uh, in the right state of mind to be talking about, you know, definitions and words. But I will talk about the, the wonderful episode, Chapter 12 uh, of The Mandalorian. Well, good. Fantastic. I, I think that uh, the folks would be a little bit uh, disappointed if they tuned in and it was a vocab quiz for Eric. So I think we're probably on the right track then. So, yeah, sweet. That, that, that's I, great. I super enjoyed this episode. This this episode may have been one of the more Star Wars vibe Mandalorians that I think we've seen. And I, I super enjoyed it. Well, I, I, I believe there were several commentaries saying that this had a strong, like, New Hope vibe because yeah. of the um, kind of escape or the general Imperial, like, spaceship, you know, vibe or so forth. So, yeah, truth be told, I really enjoyed it as well. But I'll let you continue. Uh, I mean, it, it had all of the classic elements. It had, you know, good conversation and drama and plot lines in that regard. There was there was some good hand-to-hand combat. There was some good, you know, blaster fights. There was some running around inside a facility. There were there were chases. It was it, it, it there was a space, you know, in in such a short time in in you know a normal you know episode length time period. You had all of that stuff. You had. You had ground battles, you had you know, spaceships, it, it had everything, and, it, and the pacing was perfect. I, I, re, I really enjoyed it. I've got to give uh, give some props to, to Carl Weathers, who, who yeah. directed this one, which was which was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I don't know, maybe he directs things all the time, and I'm just not as aware. But when, uh, you know, the episode ended, and it's like directed by Carl Weathers, uh, you know, Abby and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, well, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so I, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, that, so this that, has been this has been spoiling Star Wars with Todd and Eric. Thank you, and I hope y'all. I'm just kidding. We've we've yeah, got yeah. way more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty darn. Uh, it was good, and I I appreciated Carl Weathers uh, directing as well. I didn't know, you know, normally if you could do ahead of time and you could find out who probably was directing this season and, and so forth. Right. Um, and right. I didn't have a clue that he was directing. And I didn't know if he was a director. I can't say I followed his career that much, uh, but. Boy, he did a good job, and he went to Twitter, and he thanked people. So he must have got a uh, decent amount of praise for this episode. Uh, so you're not the only one echoing the fact that it was pretty solid. And and I also realize, you know, we, we give a lot of crap for Star Wars always going to, like, the desert-esque planets and stuff. But I think I just enjoy those worlds better. You know, I, I mean, it's nice <laughs> to see uh, – it's nice to see like a snow planet or like a, you know, a, a swamp or, or, or something like that. But when it comes down to it, it just makes more sense when they're either on like a desert or like in this case, I believe it's like a lava planet or, or something. Right. Right. I don't, I don't know the aesthetics. It just makes you feel more star Wars like, and I understand why they keep going back. I think that's just what we view as this is star Wars. So I was well, happy when they went back to Navarro, I believe the, the name. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's some subconscious link there because 
you know, Star Wars is kind of a, a used universe. It's kind of a kind of a dirty, super realistic sort of a aesthetic overall, right? So if yeah. you're on a desert planet where it's a wasteland, it, it, it kind of feeds into that. If you're on an ice planet, it's harsh. It's it's unforgiving. It feeds into that. If you're on Navarro, oh, it's, it's lava and stuff. Like, it all feeds into that. I, can't, I don't remember the name of the planet they went to where they, they first, you know, hooked up with Cara Dune where it's all, like, foresty and idyllic. Like, it was a good episode. But, oh, you know, chirping birds and green trees and all that it just does it doesn't quite feed into that boy the universe is harsh sort of aesthetic that you get with star wars and that's what i sure. think kind of feeds into that for my two cents worth yeah it, it's a weird com- combination of you know uh, of technology kind of mixed into you know to to just normal places i guess you know yeah. And maybe in those episodes, there wasn't enough technology because they were kind of doing more of a primitive type species where they were kind of like, you know, almost like natives, you know, where right. they're building their huts and so forth. Uh, yeah, either way, when when it comes down to it, I enjoy seeing the streets and the buildings and how, you know, how it's changed since they've got rid of, you know, the the smugglers and all the, I guess it would have been the Imperials. Um, so maybe explain that in a sense. So, you know, I guess they cleaned up the town. Are you, mm-hmm. fam- are you familiar with what was like, what was the big deal? Was it the Imperial, um, guys kind of, I mean, it I bad think, or was it a combination? I think from their perspective, getting rid of the Imperials was, you know, clearing out the riffraff because I mean, keep in mind, homeboy was, you know, the, the, the main dude, the guy in charge for, yeah. you know, bounty hunters like <laughs> you know it, it, it's 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 definitely a shift in perspective to be like oh we got rid of the trash and you know you're you're a bounty hunter like normally it's you know the law and order folks saying hey we got rid of the smugglers and the the bounty hunters and now now everything's tidy and nice uh i mean it's not really super well described like maybe you know since the imperials have gone and, and the mandalorians have left like maybe it's now you know become respectable and he's sort of shifted gears um you kind of get that impression what with cara dune being the marshal like she's now the law and he he seems to be you know sort of the star wars you know the magistrate i guess that's sort of the you know local equivalent to like the mayor or governor or whatever like it almost seems like he's he's gone legit and so maybe maybe it's they've kind of you know turned it from a third tier moss Eisley into you know sort of a uh know a roadside rest respectable you know because he said he was trying to turn it into like a trade hub sort of a deal that's what i was thinking yeah Yeah. i mean i think i think for for his character and i mean i don't know his character well enough but i imagine if you go from trying to make money from bounty hunting and kind of controlling all that you know or you know and i don't know how necessarily he got paid because obviously people wanted stuff and he was getting paid for you know getting his 15 percent or whatever off of the the cut of the bounty uh, either way, he must see it more profitable if he can turn this area into that trade hub and and be able to profit that way. Because I can't imagine he's just like, hey, I'm just going to be a wonderful guy now and 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 just do it for the good of the people. That's just not natural. But I could kind of see some of that where he kind of got that Lando aspect, right? Yeah. Like the parallels yeah, yeah. of, you know, where he's kind of running that and now he's a head honcho there. And, you know, people like most people like the power and the money. So now he's got more power. Oh, yeah. 
then, yeah. you know, and hopefully the money will come for him. And I'm guessing that's what it was. It was nice to see, though. You know, they had the, the streets were booming and uh, oh, yeah. people were selling all the tchotchkes. So, oh, yeah. That's and then we had it. a nice little school, which was fun. No, I, 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 I like that. I found it interesting that they had, you know, a 3PO unit trying to teach school. I thought it was odd that they were teaching the youngins, you know, hyperspace lanes which is probably some deep cut super nerd nonsense where they're talking about, you know, the Heidi and way and, you know, going to the deep core and, and as she's talking, like in the background, while the focus is on the child trying to steal some cookies, you could hear her talking about the maelstrom and the Kessel run. Like that's some, that's yeah. some obscure uh, <laughs> sort of astrogation facts to be thrown at kids that young, but Hey, I don't know what the curriculum is. And well, these kids are, talk on. well, well, these kids are also speaking multiple languages, now, but you know, by the time they're teenagers yeah. and so forth. So yeah. let's let's just understand that these uh, these kids are, are they're they're probably more advanced with the schooling yeah. than let's say us. But it's yeah, that, certainly, that was like a nerd yeah. cut that they're talking yeah, about trade routes or something, that, from what I understand. Yeah. yeah, it's it's certainly not Common Core that they're that they're teaching there. So you know, good good for those kids and their educational you know opportunities. I wouldn't yeah. smirch that. It's just good, good stuff. So, so the, ch- since- the child had, I was going to say the child had these blue wafers or whatever. And yeah. I, I'm just like, it's a marketing miss opportunity. They need to introduce that stuff early on because by now those things could have been, you know, selling crazy oh. off the shelves, either at oh, the Disney world been- or Walmart or oh. wherever they're licensing it. Oh, that I mean, that could be the stocking stuffer for the season if if those were in production. You, you just yeah. know it is. But just um, just be very aware. We're talking. Yeah. <laughs> while while we're talking about the cookies, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this off my chest now and early so we can pivot back to to good happy things. So, the child is is fantastic. I think we all love the child, and and I I think this is another great opportunity where they can sort of highlight that he is not baby Yoda. Because dude flat out just full on burgled dude's cookies right out from under him, unrepentant. He's like, haha, these are mine now, which is is kind of awesome and and in in keeping with with the child's character. My complaint is that, okay, so dude's got the pack of cookies sitting on his desk. He's he, you know, he's he's having one as Yoda arrives, he's having another, and then Yoda snack, you know, snatches the pack. And Yoda immediately starts tearing in. Here's my complaint. By the end of the episode, they're in the ship, and Yoda and, and the child still has those cookies. I don't think so. We've seen this kitty. There is no way that packet of cookies has stuck around through an entire Imperial, you know, facility raid, getting the ship, going up, all that. That's just not happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they had multiples. I'm guessing that. Um, I'm guessing that is probably at one of the stands, and and he's probably either shifted and and, and took some there. I was going to say, I don't think there was enough time for uh, Mando to go through and, and barter and get him a pack because, you know, you, you know, you go to the grocery store and you're in the checkout aisle and, and your kid sees a sucker or something that they want and they just throw a temper tantrum fit and you're just like, whatever, just grab it and, and get it go. And it could have been like that, too. So you never know. Well, but you're right. You're I right. mean, we're, we're, we have to assume that it's not the exact same pack. You're right. There probably was a resupply, and I guess the the advantage the child has over, say, Miles, 
is you know you're in the, you're in the grocery lane he wants you know a thing of cookies he's got to convince you to get the cookies then you've got to get the cookies and pay for them whereas you know mando pops into this into the school snatches the kid up he's running through the the streets of navarro to get to his ship all the child has to do is see the cookies and telekinesis boom, he now has a packet of cookies in his hand no no That's... negotiations no no bartering I, i'm gonna go with that story i, I think yeah, that I think... plays well in my head I think that's probably the case for me. You know, that that's my thought. But you know what I was wondering, you know, is I thought we were going to see him convince the child, like that kid. I thought it was going to be a the first sign of Jedi mind tricks. And mm, I was yeah. kind of hoping for that. And it could have been real subtle where you, yeah. you know, it, I think that was a perfect opportunity to say, all right, you know, but, you know, who knows? He must have to develop those. But yeah. at no point in time yet have we seen, at least I don't recall. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've seen the mind tricks from the child yet. No, we've seen. No, I, we've yeah, seen obviously that must be more advanced. Oh yeah, yeah we've we've so, seen him float stuff. We've seen him choke people. We've seen him, you know, divert fire and and heal things. But yeah, the 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 classic Jedi mind trick has yet to come into play. Yeah. So, maybe, so, but it would have could have been it would have been a good opportunity because that child you know the kid obviously said no and then if the kid just turned around and was like yeah you can have it that'd have been pretty <laughs> awesome but right uh, you know I don't know how the mind tricks work you know it seemed like Obi Wan had to actually say it and wave yeah. his hand so the yeah. child has not yet talked although he's slowly progressing I believe yeah he's yeah you... I think he answered yes or like when yeah. um when uh, Carl Weathers uh, did we get his name yet from last season. It's grief Targa or so, I'm screwing yeah, that right. up. I know I'm yeah, screwing no, that up. It. That's why you I keep it. also referring to him as Carl Weathers. Um, no, you're all right. Yeah, that, this suck. is a a follow through from uh, when we recorded for the first season that we right. know no we we have zero idea of people's names. Uh, either way, but he asked right off the get go, "Was Mando taking care of you?" And he and he, I guess he said yes because then yeah. you know uh, Carl Weathers says he said yes or something like that, and I'm like, oh, right. is he communicating now? Which is yeah, which will be nice. You know, and we're also seeing character development that he understands red and blue. So he's get <laughs> he's getting his own uh, he's starting to progress in that aspect, which is yeah. which is good for character development in general. Bad maybe for memes, but then again, you know, hey, you know. we don't want him we don't want him to become a teenager too quick. Right. Uh, besides that, I mean overall that the memeable aspects of it, uh, the the him puking in the <laughs> right. spacecraft has uh, right. been all over my feed already. So right. him eating the, the cookies. So like they did a fantastic job making sure they're going to be all over the internet um, for, you know, at least another week. And then we'll see what good old the child or baby Yoda or whatever you would want to call him now. I'll uh, see what we'll see what he does next week. So why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the episode and all the things we liked. When buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy, be outspoken, but those are all the wrong answers. We want you to be like Justin Benline. Be beige. Why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten? Franchise 10 Apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen. Even hermits wear shirts. Visit justinbenline.com and save 30% off the Justin Benline collection justinbenline.com no personality no problem be beige 
So this was, and I say, and I think we say it quite frequently. They're little throwbacks or callbacks. The little intro thirty seconds where they kind of recap from previous seasons. They do such right. a fantastic job at that. Like, oh, yeah. you know, that has to be oh so overlooked. But they take these small little nuggets, and it gets you excited. You're like, all right, why are you showing me this? Because after you notice, right. they'll they'll show stuff, and you're like, you know, this is such a small little pointless thing from season one. Why are we showing? And it all comes into play, and I love it. And this time we saw uh, the ver- well, pretty much one of the very first scenes of season one with uh, Mando and we'll call him Horatio Sands because I don't know his yeah. character either. <laughs> same, same here, same here. I was about to say, please don't ask me this guy's name because I, I do not know. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, I, I honestly, it is. Um, I've seen it on the internet several times and it's a weird spelling with like you know i think it starts with like two consonants and and uh whatever horatio sands he's back right he's blind in one eye the you know uh he he brings in the comedic humor um subtly it's not it's not overwhelming but right right uh but you know I, i i love I love that they do a little throwback and like, yeah, we, you know, we, he had decent amount of screen time in the, in the first season. Oh, yeah. So why not bring him back? It's, that was, that was great. And now he's, he's part of the little squad. It seemed like. Well, yeah. In the intro, they're like, they show him getting captured and carbon froze. And I'm like, why are you showing this to us? He's, he's clearly been, you know, captured and he's out of the picture now. And then you see him and you're like, Oh, cool. And then they explain. Yeah. I, I, the reason you were capturing him was for me and I let him go in exchange for such and such. And it all made good sense. I was like, that's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. Yeah. So he, and he makes a, you know, uh, he, he does what, um, you know, Obi-Wan did in a new hope and their power generators or whatever are seems to be, they put in the middle of, um, the middle of, of, I guess their towers on the opposite side, the most dangerous location without any side railing, which I guess is some type of, Star Wars joke that there's no railings. I mean, yeah, did you I, see that? I don't know. I mean, is is there like a, a thing on the internet about Star Wars doesn't believe in railings? Because now, I mean, now yeah. you say it out loud, it makes perfect sense. You don't ever see railings really anywhere. But is that, is that a whole thing now? I, I well, from what I so it was never a thing that I knew of, right? So, um, I I do know of a couple inside Star Wars things. What's that? What's that crazy yell? The um. The, oh, the, the Wilhelm fall. scream. Yeah, yeah, you heard that in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I knew of that, but I guess, and I don't, I was reading it, it the, the universe, and you know how it's talked about, like a worn universe, and it's kind of rough and so forth. It right. also is a, a very unsafe universe. So if you put safety <laughs> barriers yeah. everywhere, you know, you'll notice in the movies and stuff, there are not safety barriers everywhere because it's known as like a dangerous universe. So they're not worried about safety codes. And, if, you know, <laughs> if you fall, you fall. You know, you see you see just stormtroopers getting picked off every single day and like whatever, just, you know, stormtrooper or whatever. So it's just n- kind of that notion. So I believe it was a conscious decision to throughout the film not to put a bunch of safety rails and or, you know, make stuff. So yeah. when Horatio Sands comments on the but there's no safety rails or something like that. Um, right. That was kind of like an inside nod to a statement either Lucas made himself or fans have made throughout the years or somebody saying, hey, Star Wars, you don't put, you know, a bunch of safety features in Star Wars. It m- makes things more dangerous when you don't. Because <laughs> you're right. You think about it. Right. You put a safety rail on that 
and it's not dangerous anymore. I mean, it's it's dangerous enough, but like, what's the big deal? You well, have to walk on this small little piece, and then you know, I don't know. Well, and and you're right. This is the second time we've seen you know critical controls, uh, you know, on the side of a tube thing overlooking a chasm to to your doom. Like this one at least makes a little bit of sense in that it was the controls that somehow had to do with like the power conversion from the lava thing. Like it makes sense that it would be in proximity to the lava. Like I get it. The tractor beam thing, just why would your tractor controls be on the opposite side of a weird tube thing over a chasm? I mean, other than dramatic effect, I don't know. Well, um, that's, that, so, that's it. Poor layout, poor planning. Whoever had the death yeah, star plans. Yeah. Um, they're probably yeah. also the ones that leaked them. Yeah, just bad, so, bad news. So, side note on the on the stormtroopers, and this is where we get to the Abby doesn't really watch Star Wars, so this is kind of her first first foray in. And so, you know, this week the sudden pause in the action followed by questions came in the form of you know they're running around through the facility, you know, blaster fighting with with stormtroopers, and you know. It's all exciting and it's going. My, my my heart rate's up and I'm enjoying it. And all of a sudden, the the screen freezes, and she's like, "I got a question about stormtroopers." I'm like, "Okay, hit me. What do you what do you got?" She's like, "Is their armor like useless or what?" And I'm like, "That's that's an excellent excellent question that that comes up quite often." Um, she's like, "Cause it seems like you know they're everybody's shooting at everybody, and the heroes never get hit. And when they do, it's like in the arm and they shrug it off. But yet one hit." center center chest into the armor of these stormtroopers and they're down what, what's up with that i'm like yeah well you know blasters are pretty powerful and their armor is good you know against you know punches and you know small arms fire i guess but blasters will go right through it and also you know the empire wins by you know strength of numbers not necessarily by by skill or quality that's why there's just so damn many of them she's like oh, okay cool but it was it was fun for me to have someone who's who's not you know, engaged with Star Wars a lot, come to that same conclusion we've all come to is, boy, stormtroopers are just fucking useless. Uh, and I got a kick out of that. Yeah, that uh, that actually ran through my head during the same episode. It's just a matter of the, the armor that they're using is kind of crap. Because truthfully, you could even say, well, in hand-to-hand combat... How many times have we seen hand-to-hand combat maybe with uh, Cara Dune or somebody else, and they're still kind of wimpy with it? It's just, you know, oh. uh, we understand that they're just unskilled labor with, you know, and 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 it's more for dramatic effect and look than anything else. But the day they come out with a badass stormtrooper, and I'm not talking Captain Phasma because that's different level. Like, if there's right. a, a stormtrooper that can raise through the ranks and be a badass – uh, that could be, you know, they re- that could really help their image and their brand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so might be something that, you know, the Star Wars people in the future might want to look at and say, you know what, these stormtroopers, they're kind of the, they're one of the major faces of Star Wars. I mean, oh, yeah. they're the through characters for most of it. I mean, they're stormtroopers in nearly every film. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and I don't. In one form or not, fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, probably not in the first, obviously. Uh, well, clo- the clones. Well, well I guess okay, the very first Phantom movie, yeah. right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. We we no, don't talk they, about Phantom Menace. No, we don't. Either way, <laughs> but but they're the through line, and that's kind of in it, you know. Yeah, they're just not very useful or helpful. Uh, well, so, and and we saw some glimpses where that might actually change. So I don't know if again this is a this is a more of a deep cut because I'm such a super 
Star Wars dork or not, but that very that very end scene with uh, with Moff Gideon in that lab with all the all the suits, uh, I suspect, and I think the internet largely agrees with me on here, that that is that those are dark troopers that he's cooking up. Uh, are you familiar with the dark troopers? And I'm glad you're talking about this because this was a scene that I didn't understand. I just thought they were nifty suits for the um, TIE fighter, you know, right. pilots. But right, right. All right. W- what do we got? Dark troopers. So in 1995, there was a, a video game called uh, Star Wars Dark Forces. It was like a, a first person shooter type situation, kind of like Doom. Like it was yeah. back in when when Doom was a big thing. It was basically sort of a Star Wars version of Doom. It was better because you could like jump and move your head. Like it was it was sure. it was pretty pretty ahead of its time. Uh, but it was you know it was Star Wars and you 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 played this guy. I believe it was Dash Rendar, uh, and you ran around you know raiding Imperial facilities and whatever. And like the plot line on that was that the Empire was trying to 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 create these dark troopers, which were like enhanced stormtroopers like better armor better weapons better skilled people uh you know and the the armor was black but generally stormtrooper-ish and then there were dark troopers that made appearances in other video games i want to say like battlefront and i think a couple others to where they're they're like several sort of generations of dark troopers ones are just stormtroopers in better armor and i think there's there one iteration of them where they were like you know sort of like droids like bat, like yeah. super badass battle droid sort of situation okay. and you didn't really get a good look at them in this episode of the mandalorian but you could tell that there's some sort of black armor situation oh yeah and and that's 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 my guess is that he's got some some you know dark troopers cooking up and when we see those i got a feeling that's going to be pretty pretty fantastic well, there we go um, well see so that's that's what we need for the brand or they need for the brand is the dark trooper. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, yeah, there was a lot going on. So um, I read on the Internet that um, uh, the theme of, oh, geez, what Snope was playing when they found all those clone type things. Yeah, I thought that was a yep. nice little uh, little touch. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. And um, the last the last thing. Uh, that um, I thought was pretty darn funny from the internet was that there is one solitary scene where you can see someone. Uh, did you see the backstage like hand? Yeah. The assistant, yeah. And yeah. The, the dude in jeans. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't notice that. So I don't know how anybody would have saw it because I'm like, there's some eagle eyed. You... There are some eagle eyed people out there. Cause, cause, cause there's it, that yeah. one. And then somebody pointed out that apparently they made a, uh, they're in in Navarro, like in the background. There's like some statue of IG-11, as a as yeah, a, no, as a memorial was, yeah. to him. I'm like, uh-huh. just the little Easter eggs just make it all so great. But man, yep. they 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 really hide those Easter eggs. Because yeah, if it weren't for the internet, I would not have caught either of those things. Um, yeah. But you know, bless bless the folks that saw it and posted it because that that stuff is pretty 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 awesome. Yeah, no, that that is fantastic. Uh, so I guess they're giving IG uh, eleven or whatever the credit for freeing, which I mean he does deserve a crap ton of credit, maybe oh, yeah. maybe a lot of the credit. So we will that that is fantastic. I think it I think it was pretty awesome, um, and it and it was it was almost subtle. Like you, you caught on to it, but it they didn't like force it down your throat. Was the whole you know lab revelation like they go in yeah. and dudes are trying to destroy the data and they you know you see the weird vats with the snoke like dude and you're like okay are they cloning whatever and then they play the hologram mm-hmm. and 
like they don't tell you exactly what's going on, but they give you enough information to get the gist of, oh, now we know why they want the baby Yoda. The material they're trying to pull out is his blood. They make a reference to M count, which yeah, for for better or worse, pulls midichlorians back into the conversation. But they didn't call them that. They called it, you know, an M count. But, you know, we now know the whole reason they wanted the child was because he's force sensitive and his blood is filled with, you know, force goodness. And they're trying to extract it and put it into other things to try and make them, you know, force sensitive, which is that's a pretty, pretty big deal. And kind of, you know, we're 12 episodes in and it's been why in the heck were they after him in the first place, really? And now we kind of know now, like we don't know exactly what it is they're trying to do. I mean, I think that there was a Snoke-esque clone thing sitting there kind of implies that, you know, when the Emperor created Snoke or whatever, like, maybe that's how Snoke came into being. Maybe he was, you know, a clone thing, and they, you know, somehow managed to make him Force-sensitive through some sort of, you know, weird Sith alchemy with the child's blood or whatever. Who knows? But it's interesting that they've kind of opened that window and given us that little perspective into what's what's been going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I I, you know, I want more. I couldn't tell what was in there. You know, like I I wanted more information. So we'll we'll see if we get it. I'm sure we will. Who knows? You know, I'm I'm happy the ship is all cleared up, but now there's a tracking beacon. So, right. We know there's going to be all types of trouble at bay. Uh, So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, this was a fantastic episode in many many ways lots lots of goodness there and i know yeah. you know because of you i also know that like that trooper type thing that the transporter or whatever is that that's right. the is that the toy that they made um but was never in the show on the second watch through i was trying to look at it and try and try and determine um i'd have to find pictures of the toy to, to verify it, it it might be i don't know that i'm gonna go all in on that yet well, I saw it referenced at that when uh, Horatio Sands basically said this would go for a lot of money on the black market. It was kind of an inside nod to the actual toy itself because that would be worth a lot of money. Um, yeah, yeah. Which which could be the case, and I don't know if that's that's the case or not. But I would like I would like unless you have anything else, I'd like to talk about um, the wonderful Walrus Men at the beginning of the episode. Oh uh, uh, yes, the Aquilish. <laughs> yes, I love love love. As you could tell, the characters and the revelation that these guys are schmucks. And I was I was impressed that they all had similar hands and that they weren't necessarily cupped hands right, um, right. that we've seen in, in previous years. I'm just guessing that Ponda Baba, which I believe is his name, yes. was, you know, he must have just been wearing like a glove um, in those scenes, you know, through those still photographs at the cantina. Because these guys Art. all had like the, the, the regular Wolfman type style hands. Are you are you are you ready for some deep cut star thought as a Star Wars role playing game dorkitude level absolutely information on that? Okay. Yes. So the Aqualish. So because that's that's been a thing that goes back. Like you see scenes with Ponda Baba and he's got these weird like I don't know if hooves is the right word, but they're not they're not normal. Like suction hands. cups, aren't they? Right. Like, they, yeah. they, it's 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 a weird it's a weird situation. And then, you know, Obi-Wan cuts his arm off and they show the arm and it's got like this, this furry, you know, hand paw situation. And what the heck is that about? On the back end in West End Games role playing books where they're talking about Aqualish, they basically explain that away as that there are like two sort of sub races of Aqualish. Uh-huh. Some that are like are more aquatic and have these like, you know, the suction cuppy sort of hoof hands to help them swim 
and then there's like another sort of sub race that has more humanish hands. And I can't, it's been a while and I've not, you know, re-referenced the stuff to look at it as to why exactly that is or, or what the point there is. But that's, that's the story on that for what that's worth to you. Yeah, that would make sense too, that um, they're in Navarro where there's not really the water situation. So they might be yeah. you know, hanging out yep. there, which is, which is fine. They just want to eat ferrets. Right, right. <laughs> that's all they right. want to do. But um, it was nice yeah. to see them sl- slightly in the episode, then get murdered, uh, yeah. which is always fine. You know, they're obviously criminals and and so forth. Uh, where do they come from? Do you know? I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to make a, an educated guess, and and it's entirely possible that their planet is called Aqualish, because okay. you know you've got the, the Mon Calamari from Mon Calamari. You you know, <laughs> like that wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Although yeah. I. Again, I'm not going to go all in on that answer. That that's just an educated professor. Um, I'll take it. I will take it. I will take it. I just didn't think that they might. I, I didn't think that was their home planet, but nonetheless, no, no. I always love seeing the creatures. So as long as they throw out some new creatures and some throwbacks and homages to uh, other creatures, I will always leave a happy camper. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss about this wonderful episode today, Todd? There is actually um, good, and it, and it's something that that has has struck me on multiple occasions throughout possibly all of the films and and the whole franchise but just for some reason really locked in in this episode and that is i enjoy the aesthetic of star wars whenever you've got you know a piece of equipment or whatever you know whether that's you know door controls or a computer or the you know the cockpit of the millennium falcon there's all sorts of you know buttons and dials and and toggle switches and brightly lit buttons and all that stuff and, and it all looks really great Nothing is ever labeled and everyone seems to know what the heck does what like dude walks up to the, you know, thermal reaction controls over the the side of the the lava tube, whatever thing. And he's, you know, he's just like, oh, well, I hit this red button and the white circle. Then I flip this switch. Then I hit this red button again. And oh, look, it's powering down like that again. It doesn't really bother me. It doesn't take me so out of the action that I don't enjoy it. But like nothing has labels like could you imagine getting getting behind the wheel of your car not your car a car somebody here's a brand new car here you go you've never never driven it it's a new make new model you get behind the wheel and nothing is labeled like okay steering wheel's a steering wheel the 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 shifter's the shifter but like you need to turn on you know the high beams how do how do you do that I, i don't know like normally those things are labeled like i need to turn on the wipers I need to switch it from CD to, you know, to Bluetooth, but nothing's labeled like that just boggles my mind. Well, Todd, you know, if you weren't uh, too busy <laughs> stealing uh, somebody else's uh, Oreos in, in class, you'd probably learn that, you know, the universal button language that they teach in school. So I, I, eh, I feel that's, that's all on you, buddy. That's, that's you, a, you better pay attention. Public education. What am I going to do? Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that, right. that's probably no, it, good. Good no, point. I mean, they do always hit multiple buttons, though. So I think maybe they're just guessing most of the time. And it's just <laughs> there's a bunch of, you know, you know, you ever get to something, you're like, well, I don't know. Let me just hit all these buttons. We'll figure one of these will work. You know, yeah. I, I do it with light switches yeah. all the time at my old house. <laughs> I lived in that house for 10 years and I still could never figure out which light switch worked in the kitchen. There's there was just switches everywhere and they didn't have rhyme or reason. 
So I would just be like, all right, flip, flip, flip. Nope, that's not it. All right, back. All right, there we go. And then, you know, so maybe that's a little bit more like it. And yeah. if there were light switches, we'd be a little bit more forgiving. But I did notice that twice in this episode. I'm like, <laughs> he just goes, boop, 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 done. And door opens. I'm like, all right, well, I guess, you know, I'm just thinking it, what's not so much a combination. It's just like, all right, let me hit these buttons. One of these will work. So yeah, that, it could fair, be, fair could point, be. though. Fair point. I, you know, <laughs> there, there's, you know, some things we just can't ask, you know, or expect uh, all the answers to be made in the 30 minute episodes. Why do stormtroopers really suck at their job? And you know, how come you can drive and or open anything? So yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, good observation, Todd. Yeah. You know, I do what I can, but no, I think, I think that, I think that covers most of what, no, I take it back. There's, there's one more thing that, that dawned on me the second I saw it going down and I'm like, I need to talk to Eric about this. Um, it happens very early in the episode, which is why, I, you know, kind of space it out. So we got the child inside the innards of the razor crest trying to f- the red in the wires. And you, you've got Mando at the end. Be like, no, you want to put the red one where the blue one was. That whole sequence, all I could think about is like, that would be if you were trying to get Miles to accomplish some sort of task. Is that how it is? Or is that just my, my vision of Miles trying to make stuff happen and you trying to be patient and explain it and then things just go sideways? How accurate um, is that? I, uh, you know, it'd be more like me trying to explain Hunter to do something. To be quite honest, like, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have the patience to even try with uh, Miles. Um, okay. Often, I, I, I'll send Hunter on a task. Say, Hunter, can you go get me this, um, this cord? You know, this iPhone lightning cord or whatever. And he'll go right. in the basement, and I'll say it's over on the desk. And then he'll look, and I'll, and I'll say, no, that desk or. This way, like it, it. So yes, that is normally dealing with people, but I would never try it with a three-year-old. Although, you know, yeah, I could see that happening. I could. I, I believe I actually witnessed one of the kids trying to tell Miles to do something the other day, like throw something in the garbage, and it was kind of like that blank look. What do you need me to do? The garbage? Which hand? Yeah. So that is true. Yeah, there's just something about the child that often makes me think of Miles. I mean, oh, maybe it's because they're both young children and mischievous and it's it's, you know, the, the shit eating grin that the child has. And, you know, the, the mischievous face that Miles has there's like there's just oftentimes there are parallels that get drawn in my mind there. And I was just curious uh, how yeah, accurate I could that see might that. be. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And I and I and I also just figure that, you know, I, I also can can picture you in that situation where, you know, when it's all said and done, you're like, well, at least we gave it a shot. Uh, <laughs> sort yeah, of a nice. thing. So that 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 is my life. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Eric, for for chatting about uh, episode 12 or chapter 12, The Siege. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And till next time, I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you have comments, questions or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at Cast Todd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file, or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast.